Hello! Welcome to the end of the season award show. This is a little odd. This is our second podcast in a week. We haven't done that in ages. Been a minute. Oh yes. my god. Oh. We are coming to you live on a Thursday afternoon. This will come out over the weekend, so you'll be listening to this two days after. So uh hopefully Tiger's doing well and um Yeah. How the heck are you? been it's been a cool 48 hours i guess still just chilling chopping away at it you know yeah i'm excited to see which one of our nominees tonight uh takes home the awards um congratulations to everyone nominated in the official just to end of the season end of season award ceremony yes sir exciting time of year like we said so previous podcast if you uh would like to listen to if you listen to that one yeah um i was going to just say that for our award show this evening uh we are going to do the nba awards so mvp defensive player of the year most improved six man of the year rookie of the year coach of the year and we might have a few other little trinkets and fun stuff that are unique to the Just Hoops podcast. So, we are going to start with the NBA Coach of the Year Award for our first award that we are going to hand out this evening. So, Josh, who is your Coach of the Year? Man, there's been a lot of a lot of good coaches this season. Um, I believe before the season we had that little ceremony or that little uh, um, award thing that we kind of predicted, right? A little prediction preseason. No, our preseason was just like an overview. Our, Paul, our Lollapalooza or whatever we called it. Our our NBA preview extravaganza. Yeah, that's um, we uh, we had we did kind of uh. We kind of we said which coaches we're excited for, and I believe I said uh, uh, Monty Williams again, and they did have the best record. But I'm going with Taylor Jenkins, which is probably your pick. I'm going to go with them because the Grizzlies weren't projected to do what they did this season. Um, I would say at most people probably thought before the year started, they would be a five seed. Uh, That's if they had a good year Um, and they proved everybody wrong. And they had 10 times a better year than I thought they were going to have. I was excited for this team, but I didn't think they had this in them. Uh, Taylor Jenkins just brought something out of them that turned this whole franchise around. Uh, Obviously, you have that cornerstone of John Morant, and he uses, but he uses everybody else. Um, just offensively talking right now, uh, in very interesting ways. But what really stands out is their defense. They have one of the best, most active defenses in the entire NBA. Uh, like we said in our last podcast, they lead they lead the league in blocks and steals. <clears throat> so I just end. Um, he just fits what Memphis is. He's a high energy coach. Um, They're the and, number two overall defense. 
Yeah. Okay. Um, just throwing up two fingers doesn't. Really My do bad. Much. I'm trying to help you. Um, but uh, yeah. Taylor Jenkins is my coach of the year. Threw me off my track there for a second. I actually screwed that up. They're number five defense. I didn't click defensive rating. But if you watch them, they look like the number one defense. That's they're very good. That dude, I can't argue with anything. I think Taylor Jenkins is a phenomenal coach. I think he is going to be probably a runner up in this. Um, first I'm gonna give some honorable mentions. So for me, Taylor Jenkins, J.B. Bickerstaff, Eric Spolstra, um, Steve Kerr, uh, Emmy Adoka, um, all these guys are well-deserving of the award and did phenomenal in their roles with their given units, but um, you can't look past the number one team in the NBA at the moment, and Monty Williams has done a phenomenal job. 63 and 17 at the moment. Uh two games left for them. They have the literally they're number 3 in both offense and they moved up to number 2 defensively. Um it's just both ends of the floor have been incredible. He's been awesome. Uh only the Suns can move up one spot in defense when they get blown out. They ended up keep making that competitive versus the clip somehow at the end. Very late, yeah. But continue. But it's just you you lead a group with Chris Paul as your floor general. You got Devin Booker coming into his own. You got an elite young core of guys that are just coming off of an NBA finals. He's leading them out of the darkness, out of the valley, per se, to the mountaintop and I love what he's doing in Phoenix, and um, I think that he is creating a true, like, program in Phoenix. So, cheers to Coach. We each have our own says on Coach of the Year, but I do think Monty Williams will get the award. The real term's not program, it's dynasty. Well, he's running it like a college program almost. That's what I mean. Like, I think that a lot of these guys won't leave. Like, the point campaign took less money and stuff. Like, I think that that will be pretty common across the board, depending on what happens this offseason. But let's not diminish what they've done this year by talking about the offseason already. So, you got Taylor Jenkins. I got Monty Williams. Now, on to Rookie of the Year. So, um, I'm very excited about this one, but you can go for it. I think we both have the same answer here. I feel like it's kind of a runaway. You think it's not a runaway? It's not a runaway, but... It's between two guys. He pulled away. All right. Shout out to Josh Giddy. He had a phenomenal season. Like, a really good year. He was just on the thunder, so I'm sorry that that really, like, hurt any campaign he could have due to them not being, like, a successful team. Same with Cade. Cade, Cade came into his own late. Like, yes, this rookie class is going to be really good. But it came down to two guys. It came down to Evan Mobley, and it came down to jo- uh, Scotty Barnes. Josh yeah, Scotty Barnes. Um, so you, you go first. I got Scotty Barnes. He's averaging 15, 7, and 3.5. And shooting 49% from the field. Obviously, we said before the year's three-point 
three-point shooting needs to improve. 30% still not as bad as I thought it would be. That is um, as much he, as you can ask for. Uh huh. He is a huge part of what the uh, Raptors are doing right now. They are currently the fifth seed um, after last night. Which we did. Oh no, we did the podcast two nights ago. Sorry. Um, but after that, uh, they are now the five seed. Um, and he's for a rookie. He doesn't look like a rookie. Like he's he's doing like very very good stuff out there on the floor and like i said he's kind of one of if not the biggest part i wouldn't say i don't know about the biggest but he is a top two top three guy on that raptors team importance wise he importance wise i would honestly put him two and then it's fred van vliet or pascal siakam are one based on who's hot that night so it's like They'll automatically, like, whoever's hot will be that first option. Scotty's number two because he basically is the point guard, regardless if Fred's on the floor or not. And then you have that guy that the the all-star is their next option after that because Scotty's so involved at both ends of the floor. He'll go from guarding the other team's center to being the point guard, pushing the break, finding someone open, or you can see him just, like, picking up full court, like, they played Boston not too long ago. Boston didn't have anyone, but he was picking up Marcus Smart full court from the jump. And then next thing you know, he's guarding Tice. And then next thing you know, he's on. Um, Pritchard comes in the game. And he's trying to disrupt Pritchard. Like, he is such a versatile defender. is a huge part of what the Raptors do defensively that's making them so unique, along with just having six, eight guys across the board. And um, offensively, he's shown... Within one season, just strides. He's been more confident in his jumper. He's been hitting some pull-up 15, 18-footers. He's been getting downhill to the rim. He's tough in the paint to guard and contest his finishing ability. He's a great athlete in the open floor. He's a really solid playmaker with almost a 2. Like, he's a 1.9 assist to turnover. So he's almost like what anyone would want from a point guard. His He's just doing a lot for them which is coming out incredible. And I am just excited to continue to see him evolve in the league. So he is for sure my rookie of the year. He's definitely going to be interesting to watch uh, going forward in his career, like you said. Um, Just seeing what he's doing as a rookie now and just – throughout the season, his progression, like you said, offensively especially. Uh, Everybody knows I love me some Scotty Barnes. A lot of people do. Um, (laughs) No, I went on – I was on Twitter earlier today, I think it was, or yesterday, and, like, I saw, like, three Scotty Barnes posts, like, in a row. Like, he had, like, 19 and 9, and he was, like, a good stat line for rookie of the year. (laughs) He's awesome, man. He's a good guy. So it's like he deserves it. He could definitely be one of the faces of the league. That's kind of what I was saying, though, in the future. For sure. I hope he stays in Toronto. Somebody like that is a face of a franchise. And then you also still have Fred and Pascal. Pascal is probably going to make an all-NBA team. He had a phenomenal year. Oh, my God. But um, now let's move on to your call. Sixth man of the year or most improved? Oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We could do both. 
Pick one. Oh my god. Pick one. Same time. We can do them both at the same time. It doesn't matter. All right, same time. You go. You go first. Both the same person's winning both of them. No. I've had this argument all year. <laughs> no, we'll do we'll do six man first, and then I'll just have the same argument for the next one. Six man of the year is the no brainer. Like it's Tyler Hero. Is anyone arguing this? He is the best player on the Miami Heat currently, and he's the only reason why they are the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. He is averaging 20 points, five rebounds, and four assists off of the bench in Miami, off the bench, shooting 44.6. We could round that up to 45% from the field, and 49.8 or 39.8, round that up to 40% from three. Um this season, he's taken huge jumps, which is a little bit – I'm going ahead of myself a little bit here. But he has looked so much more comfortable this season, uh, getting to his spots, um, not really forcing shots. You know, his off nights maybe a little bit, uh, just trying to get going. But um, for Miami to make a run in this uh, postseason, Tyler Hero is going to have to be – the. Uh, He's probably the most important player, uh, offensively speaking, because Bam Adebayo is their defensive monster. Um, but Tyler Hero, I'm, I'm going to save a little bit for my next argument. So he is also going to be my sixth man, but let me give some shout-outs. Uh, Kevin Love had a phenomenal year off the bench for Cleveland. Your guy Cam Johnson in Phoenix, he has a case. Uh like those two guys had great years and I'm going with Tyler hero personally um, to lead reserves and scoring also be the basically like number one offensive option for the first team in the East. Um, he's the primary shot creator on the floor whenever he's in. He really, he grew into his own this year. He's more confident. He even said that he's playing the best basketball of his life. Uh, he just, Spolstra's trusting him. He's going out there making big-time plays. And when he's on the floor, it's just like Miami's offense finds a new gear. Um, that's like, he does what he's supposed to do off the bench, and he did a great job in his role. So I'm with you on six-man. Now you want to go MIP? I'm going to go Let's first. Go, go right into it. We're going to Tyler want... Hero. No, um, no I'm no, going no. first. I'm going first. Because I we need a break from Tyler. Uh, no, we don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. All right, you go. You go. I'm going Tyler Hero. Um, so Tyler, he's played 11 more games this season. Improvement. Two minutes more per game. Improvement. Um... His field goal percentage went up by a percent, basically. Um, his three-point percentage went up by four percent, which is huge. Um, that is very big. Uh, I'm just going. I'm just going right down the stat line. Uh, let's go over. He increased by five points per game. Um, we're gonna skip over the turnover increase. Um, uh, same assist, same re, uh, same rebounds. Yeah. Um, but those points, man, uh, five points per game increase, that is very good. Uh, and again, like we said, his confidence, uh, Jimmy Butler has said it like 17 times in interviews this year. 
that he's never seen a kid this confident and um, just that and just that and his skill developing is helping him have, like you said, some of the play, some of the best basketball he has ever played. Um, he's only 22 years old and he's going to be the best player in the, uh, in the NBA. And he's 22 now, two years. Um, give it two years. Pipe down. Hey, I, I, I was considering right before we did this, I was considering saying Tyler hero for everything. So be happy. I didn't do that. Okay. Well, I'm going to shout out real quick, just so we, uh, Put some other names out there. Darius Garland. John Morant. Yes, John Morant. Jared Allen. Desmond Bain. Why are you shaking your head no? I lose better. I'm just throwing these names out there. They're not my winner. My winner's out of San Antonio, and I'm going with DeJounte Murray. DeJounte Murray exploded this year. He had a great season by every standard. He should have been an all-star from the jump without having to be a replacement guy. Um, I've talked about him before on the podcast. Like, If you want to go in terms of improvement, he went from 15.7 points per game to 21.2. He's shooting a percentage better from the field. He's shooting two percentage points better from three. He's incredible. He grew as a playmaker and especially just somebody that San Antonio could trust with the ball in his hands to make plays for his teammates going from five assists per game to, to nine. Um, only two turnovers. He's 26.8% usage rate. He is genuinely going to be a star in this league for a very long time. And this season allowed him to solidify himself into this role and that's why he's my MIP over Tyler Hero because he grew from a good player to a great player this year while Tyler Hero did not make a jump like that. And those other Tyler guys... Tyler Hero is the main reason why the Heat are not in the play-in. Whoa. Okay, we're going to just like ignore if that. Tyler comment. Hero averages, say what we thought before the season another 15 points per game we thought no improvement right i don't think miami wins half the games that they win i think miami's fighting in the plan i think that they find production from other places i think Struess has an argument irreplaceable okay Struess, i like that better but okay so you got tyler hero i got dejounte murray now we're on to more of the big time awards we're going to go defensive player of the year any award that has Tyler Hero's name on it is big. Come on. Stop playing with my man. You, you want to keep going first? I mean, I'll say Tyler Hero if you want me to. Defensive player of the Defensive year. Defensive player of the year. I said who I had last time. So, you want me to go first? Well, you got to make an argument for it today. I did. Um, okay. You go first while I pull it up. <laughs> so... I'm going to give some shout-outs. Uh, Gobert. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but don't laugh at me. I was going. I told you I was considering um, just saying Tyler Hero for everything. <laughs> so I'm going to start this off with Gobert. Had a great season. 
He was like a plus seven defender on the floor. Regardless of how Utah's been, he's been a steady force defensively. He's one of the best defenders in the league every year, and it's without saying. Um, Marcus Smart, Mikhail Bridges. I I think it's hard to not go with this guy. Uh, he is a game changer at the defensive end of the floor. If and you don't say who, who, you, who you should say, I'm going to leave this Zoom. The number four defense... He's the best player in switches per second spectrum, like mo- best defensive percentage. Uh, he he allows 0.9 points per game off of switches. He gives up 0.74 points per game in isolations. This is all Bam Adebayo. Bam Adebayo huh. is one of the most versatile, impactful. <laughs> he played 20 games. He played 57. He played he played games. Don't even don't throw that one out there. Do not throw that one out there. He played enough games to get this award. I I believe he should I this is beyond me being a Heat fan. Like this is just I think his impact defensively is one of one and that he needs more respect on his name on this end of the floor. He played 55 games. That is I think that that's more than enough to qualify. You said 57. I I corrected myself. His defensive rating on the floor is a 104.8. That's really good. Um, I I just, I don't know what else you can ask for somebody to be able to guard one through five, take on the star every night, be able to rebound at a really high level, block shots, Force turnovers. He does it all for the Miami Heat. He is the center, the nucleus of this defense, and he is my defensive player of the year. You know, I have a stat here that you'll never be able to find for Batman Bio. For my guy. I just I just want I'm warning you. And I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it at that. I'm gonna leave that for last though. Because this very interesting stat that I just saw. But we're going with Mikel Bridges. Like, there's no other guy you should go with here. Um, so, first of all, to rebuttal your argument with that guarding the star every night, Mikel Bridges does that. 7-1 wingspan. He averages... And a half block a game. He's also a wing player. Uh, steal, 1.2 steals per game. Pretty solid. Um, but my interesting tad bit here is he averages on the defensive end only per game a whopping total of 1.3 miles traveled just on the defensive end. I thought that was very interesting stat that I just saw here. Um, that is a really good stat. It's, it's pretty cool. I, I, just, I didn't know that. I didn't know they tracked that. That was pretty cool. But if you just see this in the, in the pick and roll, on the ball, uh, that wingspan comes into play, tipping passes, making people alter the way they shoot. Um, not, there's not many. I feel like there's not many defensive stats that like you could like point out 
don't know. His nice. impact, I'll even I think that he's gonna be the runner up. I think that his No, 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 no. He's gonna be the winner. He's the most <laughs> if you want to talk about impact, he is the most impactful defensive player in the entire NBA. He is the best wing defender right now. He's going to be the best wing defender for many years to come because he's what 25 i don't know i don't have that in front of me but i have that he runs 1.30 miles on the defensive end only um he has an insanely good uh iq he played for jay wright so you gotta put you gotta uh learn that defensive system there um it's it's no no brainer that's what Bridges is. Bridges and Marcus Smart are one A, one B, and perimeter defenders in the NBA. I think Giannis needs to be in this conversation though too, because Giannis, regardless of the Bucks being in and out as a defensive unit for the year, I think that his impact with his length, his versatility, just flying around making plays, that type of stuff that Bridges does, so does Giannis, so does Marcus Smart. But I think that just the for me the argument goes to just the getting stops one-on-one and being a pure, like, I'm going to guard whoever you put in front of me. I know that Bridges takes the primary matchups. Giannis takes those primary matchups. Smart takes those primary matchups. But it's, uh, I think any of these guys could win. I'm just picking Bam. That's all. You're wrong. (laughs) So, uh, it is time for the big dog, the uh, MVP award. Um, Josh, I want you to go first. Uh, must I say, man, I have been on the Devin Booker for MVP train for a little while now. I'm not picking that because he hasn't done enough this year. Uh, I just feel like he needs more recognition. I feel like he should be in the top three. That is my argument. Over who? Um, oh, who's the top three right now? Giannis, Joel, and Jokic. No order. Over Giannis. He's won too much. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, I got to pull up stats here. Sorry. Um, yeah, no, I feel like he should be top three. Uh. So my top three would be like like you said, uh, Embiid, Jokic, and then Booker in that order. So I got Embiid winning. Um, they're the what are they now? The four seed. They're still the four seed um, in the East, and he is the reason why they are the four seed in the East. He's averaging. He's got the scoring title now because LeBron's not playing the rest of the season. Um, my Wi-Fi is very slow. Okay, there we go. Um, he's averaging 30.4 points per game, 11 rebounds, and four assists, shooting 37% from three as a big. Um, I remember probably honestly the first time I like actually like sat down and just paid attention to him in a game and not like sets that were running and guards because I usually pay attention more to guards because I am a guard. Um, uh, they played the Mavs and like they just force fed him and he's like <laughs> he did something new every time like his footwork was insane um, just this feel that he's got right now and he's like he's basically unstoppable um, 
This must have been how it felt watching Shaq back in the day. I feel it's different. No, it's different because he's more skilled. Yeah. Because you have to be more skilled. You can't just body someone back below the rim and then go up and dunk it. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, like he he would come down, he would body someone, get under the rim, lay up, and the next play he'll try to, he'll like bump him a little bit, then do a little fade away. And then there's one, like there's multiple times he comes down, like with the ball in his hands at the perimeter, like it's, it's insane to watch. Um, I definitely think that uh, Jokic has a very good uh, argument though. Uh, I don't have his stats in front of me just, but just because of where the Nuggets are right now and they don't have Jamal Murray or uh, Michael Porter Jr. So uh, I feel like it is very close between those two, but I got Embiid just because of the amount of skill that the guy has. So I'm going to make the case for Jokic, but I'm going to pick Embiid. So Jokic has had the greatest net rating when he's on the floor. Like, when he's on the floor, they're plus 20. When he's off the floor, they're minus. Like, it's a 20-point swing, depending if he's on the floor or not. He genuinely affects the game at all three levels. Um, Defensively, a guy like that, even going back to Defensive Player of the Year, both of these guys should have a case for that, too. Just their impact team defensively, like, they really are the center, the anchor for their defensive units as a team. But I'm going to go with Embiid. He had to basically put the Sixers on his shoulders from the jump with the Ben Simmons situation. Uh, you have an all-star on your on your roster that's not playing, and he had to do it all himself. He He took the responsibility for the team and really was – the most dominant force in basketball this year. Uh, he did it all. He uh, playmaking improved greatly. His scoring ability. He did different things this year than he's ever done before. R- defensively, I think he is one of the best drop defenders in the NBA. Interior, it's next to impossible to get a shot up over the guy. He's an incredible athlete for his size, being two hundred and eighty pounds, seven feet tall. Like he runs the floor with force with. N- just quickness and like, like he does it all. Um, so back from uh, technical difficulties for a second there. What were you saying back there, Jacob? I'm gonna just revert. Uh, Joel Embiid is going to be the MVP of the year. He does everything at such a high level, and he was the most dominant force in basketball. So he is my MVP also. Okay, love to hear it. Um. So now let's get into the fun ones. We have all the main ones that the NBA gives out. Um, so our first one, I'm we're going to start with the underdog award. So play. Do you want to do player team, like both? However you want, man. Okay, you start it off. So for me, um. This can go a variety of ways. You got the Cleveland Cavaliers in the playoffs, probably. Um, as long as they win their playing game. You got the Toronto Raptors, who seemed the shot in the dark for a minute. Player-wise, I can go a variety of routes. But I'm going to go with Jose Alvarado for the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, 
Jose Alvarado came in and he's a rookie, undrafted rookie out of Georgia Tech. Um, got on a two-way during COVID. And then he's put a staple. He plays hard every night. He forces turnovers. He's incredibly active. Um, offensively, just does his job. Doesn't try to do too much. He just got a two or three-year deal with them. Um, he's locked in for a little bit now with New Orleans. Uh, he is just a guy that you would never expect to make it, but he made it. And you're just happy to see stories like that. He came out of the mud and made his own in the NBA. So regardless of the situation, we're going to have – Jose Alvarado in the NBA for the next couple of years. And it's uh, exciting to see somebody like that with his story come up and earn a spot. Yeah, that is a very good choice. And it makes me kind of feel bad for my choice because mine's very generic. Um, I am going with DeMar DeRozan. Yeah, yeah, woohoo, generic. Um, he has a case, honestly, for most improved players now that I see his stats, but um, he's had his best, uh, well, going back to the offseason, uh, Lakers are kicking themselves in the butt right now for passing up on him, uh, but there he took that to heart and had his statistically his best season yet. Um, it's basically spot on numbers with uh, his 2016-2017 season. Uh, with the Raptors, which is one of their best, that team's best years. Um, but he's just that story of the offseason and teams passing up on him. Um, and then once he signed with Chicago, people saying, oh, you know what, it's, it's not going to work out. It doesn't fit. Chicago is not a good place to be. Uh, that franchise is going downhill. Um, but now they turned it around. Um, struggle against the top teams but it's okay uh uh but yeah i got the margin rosen he had a great season so uh i can't mm -hmm. knock that it's not generic he did have a really good season he he was an underdog in his own right he was overlooked after his years in toronto and then he was basically uh sent to san antonio to just reinvent himself and uh now he's in chicago and He's basically the number one option for them. He's big time in the clutch, one of the best clutch players in the NBA. And, uh, yeah, so I can't knock that. But now we are on to our best trade acquisition of the year. So, Josh, take it away. Um, it's a tough question. I'm probably going to say I'm gonna go I'm gonna go close to your um your underdog story and we're going to go down to New Orleans and we're gonna talk about CJ McCollum. Um I feel like that is definitely a trade for the future, uh, like next year, next two years, um setting them up. Uh they are in the play in this year, so it did kind of help a little bit. It bumped them up a little bit last. They were just missed it last year, correct? They, they, just, they were like half. They, they were like a game or two out of it. Like they were in the. Yeah, party. they were the eleven. Yeah. Um, but they got it in. They are currently the ninth seed, I believe, or the tenth seed. I don't know. They're they're 
a lock to be in though. Um, and just this, the just it's worked out, but it's mainly for when Zion gets back uh, to have more scorers around them. Uh, they do have to add another point guard, I would believe. Uh, but just as a team stamp, from a team standpoint, it's definitely, I mean, we know what CJ McCollum can do. Uh, great three-level scorer, great in the mid-range, got a really good floater, um, could score on the ball, off the ball. Uh, it just adds that other level for when uh, Zion gets back, hopefully at 100%. Um, and then to put that, him, Zion, and uh, Brandon Ingram all on the same, all on that same team. It'll be fun to watch offensively. Uh, but yeah, got CJ McCollum. So I do like that pick. I kind of like. I wasn't even thinking of that one. Um, for me, my first thought was honestly Seth Curry for Brooklyn. He's been huge for them. <laughs> but I'm I'm going with Spencer Dinwiddie for Dallas. In 21 games, he's averaging 16 points per game, and he's shooting almost 50-40. Um, free throws isn't 90, but 50-40, it's near 38-39-ish, and then he's shooting 72 from the free throw line. But his overall impact for Dallas has been awesome off the bench. As, a, as another ball handler, relief pressure off of Luka, he's been great going downhill to the rim. Really good as a secondary guy, too. Hit him on the second side, let him get into the second side pick and roll. Uh, defensively, his length and versatility in terms of perimeter defense, he's been on a new level defensively since he got to Dallas. Jason Kidd's been doing a great job there defensively, as I as we talked about in the last podcast. But his overall impact since he's gone to Dallas has been great for them. He has been playing with new life about him. He started seven games. He really has found a groove and a niche with this unit. I think he'll be good for the long term with them and a really good player to have alongside Luca to just relieve pressure, be another playmaker, be another scoring option, and also defensively a good guy to have on the perimeter. So that's my pick for trade acquisition. Okay. Now, our final award. We are going to go and call this the Just Hoops Player of the Year. This is not MVP. This is everything put together. The player, basically the player that you liked the most, has most promise, uh, made the biggest impact, um, we're not, we're going to go away from the stats here. Okay. And this is, I'm going to give you the spotlight. I'm throwing this at you. I, we did not talk about this before. So have fun. Um, I'm happy you threw this at me because I think that when it comes to just hoops, we're trying to build a community based on basketball. We're trying to educate with the game. We're trying to show hard work, we're trying to show dedication. Uh, the point of this channel is to help people learn basketball. So from my point of view, basketball is a team sport where communication and connectiveness matter, hard work 
dedication matter. And this guy has won plenty of awards. He has been one of the best players in the NBA. It's hard not to love his personality. It's hard not to embrace this guy for what he does. Um, but my Just Hoops player of the year will be Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, I feel Josh was looking for maybe lower tier guys for this award, but um, Giannis, just watching him, he brings life to the game. He brings just a energy, almost like that killer mindset, but he has fun with it. Um, just his ability to lead his team to win. He does everything for the Bucks that they need him to do. He has big weight on his shoulders on a nightly basis. He has improved dramatically somehow. Um, his shooting the best from mid-range that he's ever done. I know he said no stats, but I I can't get past this guy's impact. And um, he's my Just Hoops player of the year. What do you call a cow that lays on the floor? Does anybody know? <laughs> Ground beef. Ground beef. <laughs> <laughs> thank you <laughs> i love that video that's probably my favorite video from the year <laughs> um i wasn't even gonna go that route that you went um, yeah I didn't think but you from the things that you said i'm going to say chris paul i i, I love that and respect that that's um you're going you're we're talking great personality we're talking helping other people um we've uh the uh the statistic has been going around social media the past few days since the suns got their franchise record of 62 wins i believe yeah 60 60 yeah 62 um the other day that he now has helped four different franchises uh, get their franchise record record their franchise best record um, with the Hornets um, the Suns the Rockets and the Clippers um, but uh, that's just him helping franchises he led or he was the president for the Players Association okay uh, for the Players Association for a few years. Um, and he's been, he's had a huge impact in that and just around the NBA. Uh, he's, we've seen, we see his impact every day uh, just with the Suns team in general. Um, talking like just Devin Booker's in, improved tremendously. DeAndre Ayton, since he's got there, has improved tremendously. Uh, just all these young guys and the veterans on all the Suns team. If I like, on um, if I'm being honest, this is probably a little bit biased, but I would give this award to the whole Suns team. Um, I feel like they represent, uh, and probably you could throw in the uh, the Raptors too uh, from the East. They represent what we want to show here at Just Hoops, uh, what we want to give off, and um, just that the team. Uh, the team energy uh, and the certain players on the team that we have talked about uh, pushing forward the message that we want to push forward. 
but we had fun in this uh this podcast um giving our awards out uh always a fun time of year um to give everybody their flowers so to speak uh through throughout their hard work in the season long nba season um with that shout out to Mikel Bridges who has played i think it it's over 300 i think it's 307 it's over 300 consecutive games which is the longest streak in the nba currently but we had fun i know you, you did, did a you did a great job right there yeah i know you, you, jacob has to take phone calls now in the middle of our podcast <laughs> so i had to drag that out a little bit <laughs> Um, but thank you guys. I hope you guys enjoyed our uh, first end of season awards. We had a mid season awards also, but uh, this was unique and fun in its own way, but also falling in line with NBA awards. Hopefully we maybe get those right since our final four was fantastic. And our March madness was just on point. So uh, now <laughs> next week, videos might be lacking. School is picking up for both of us at the end of the year. Uh, basketball for me still going full force. So we might not have a video next week, just forewarning. But we will have the play-in podcast, breaking down the teams, breaking down the games possibly. Um, or a game, we might pick a game. Uh, we'll see. The Something podcast will be strong, a video yes. might be we will. We will do a podcast, definitely. Uh, something with the play-in. Um, but we hope you guys enjoyed this. We hope you are looking forward to these next podcasts with the playoffs. Very exciting time. Probably the, I'd give it 12th time we've said, I have said that uh, in the past two podcasts. And yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, going in, Sun's winning it all. And yeah. Uh, It's winning season, baby. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you guys in the next one. Peace out.